our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Wednesday, my name's Kevin and welcome to the Axon Bulletin. As usual, we're three days before Christmas and today we've got the three French hens. You've got me, <laughs> Brian and Colin. Brian, how are you getting on? I'm good, mate. I'm good. So I've not been called a French hen. That's, uh, that's quite nice. I've quite touched with that. That's quite nice. Quite sweet. Well, it was either that or Alan Partridge in a pear tree. I didn't, I didn't know what one would have been better, so I just, I just, so I just met with French hens. Colin, how Colin, how's yourself, how's yourself getting on? I, I'm doing not bad on this Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve. Where, uh, I was speaking to one of the boys on the, the Scottish football show on a, our group chat earlier on, and he was telling me that he's not started his Christmas shopping yet, and that made me feel a lot better about myself. I've got to say, the fact that I, can, I was sitting up last night doing the rapping, um, <laughs> And he's still got to go out Arnold Schwarzenegger style, like in Jingle All the Way, to fight for the last couple of toys. So, uh, Craig, I, I wish you all the best today, mate. No, I, I do not wish that on anybody. I'm lucky enough; I've got a better half who has completely got all that sorted. So, I'm I'm okay at this precise moment. The only worry I've got is when to put the wheelie bins out because I'm having a look at my street just now, and there's somebody already put their wheelie bin out, and that's confusing me. Because a Thursday is usually the day that you put a wheelie bin it. So I don't know whether they're just trying to like anticipate the, the bucket motor coming or either that they've just made a mistake. But I'll, I'll need to check that after I get off this. I'll tell uh, you what, Kevin, they've shown the initiative that the board never show last, showed last year. Prepare to fail, fail to prepare. That's a whole mantra. I know, they're, I know. Ready with the they're ready to go. <laughs> Aye. Right, I think there's only one thing where we've, where we've got to start off with. Um, yesterday, the Scottish Government made the decision, which effectively meant that f- for the next three weeks, 
uh, top light fl- football in Scotland and the championship football is going to be basically spectator free. The reaction on everywhere was was absolutely nuclear. Uh, some of it utterly bizarre, some of it quite rational. Overall, it's a decision I actually do agree with. I do agree with the principle of the decision. We are in the, the middle of uh, the worst public health crisis since uh, since 1918 when we had the Spanish flu. And this Omicron variant is highly transmissible as by the numbers that are going up on a, on a daily basis. What, what, what I'm more annoyed about, what I'm really more annoyed, annoyed, annoyed about is the, the governments haven't done anything to protect the services they're asking us to protect. Uh, they knew this was coming. They knew that you were going to get a winter variant, and they knew it, it was going to. They knew it was going to affect certain sectors, and they've done nothing to actually protect those sectors when, when we've got to this point. I mean, we've done our bit. I've been da- jabbed. I've been boosted. I've had the booster as well. I've stayed in the house. I knew what for him. I've done everything. It's been asked asked to me. Colin, you're probably the same. Brian, you're the same. The majority of the people in the comments are, are probably the same. For me, no, the, I mean, for me, I'm actually no wanting the government to do there, but I want them to protect the services they're asking us to protect for them to fund them properly. So situations like we have now don't actually arise. They need to protect the NHS, they need to protect hospitality, and they need to actually protect the entertainment. They need to fund them so the next time we get a variant outbreak, this is not going to happen. We're getting asked to, we're, we're getting asked to make the sacrifice again for politicians' failings. Now, I'm willing to lose three games. I'm completely willing to lose three games because football can survive, football can recover. That's actually been seen over over the last 18 months. But I want to save the NHS and I want to save jobs. And it's time for the politicians to do that rather rather than just expect us to do their job for them. Uh, we've also got the SPFL who haven't covered themselves in glory over over the last 24 hours either. Well, over the last week, let's say, you've got Dundee United who had to go to Ibrox with a depleted team. And you've got St Murn, who we're playing this evening, who have got a who who have got a depleted side as well, and they've asked for two games to get cancelled, and it's been knocked back. We've also got the fact that it seems to be taking them an age to make the simple solution, which is to bring the winter break forward a week, because well, no football football without fans is nothing. It is there's absolutely nothing. If the last eighteen months has actually proved us anything, football's not a spectacle. Uh, f- football's not a spectacle without fans, and there's a delay in that decision, and there's still no, and, and there's still no, uh, like a decision on this winter break at this precise moment in time. Colin, I'm I'm going to come to you first and see if you maybe agree with this question or as a, a statement. I don't know. Eh? The leadership in Scotland at the moment is no fit for purpose, eh? whether it's football or political. Eh? Uh, there seems to be a lack of common sense coming out from all sides of uh, the divide here, whether it be in the political sense, whether it be in the footballing sense, um, how it was perfectly fine for 50,000 people to go to one game on Saturday, but not 50,000 people to go to one game on Sunday. It's okay for 20,000 to be at the games tonight because we're not going to bring in restrictions until the 27th. This is just, it's getting a joke. It's, as you say, Kevin, we're doing everything that we're being asked to do. People will say, oh, you're a sheep for doing it. Maybe we are, but, I mean, you're doing what you've been asked to do. You're doing your bit. It's time that these people stepped up and did their bit. I mean, see, when you look at it, I remember that feeling way back in, what was it, July or August now, when stepped into Celtic Park for the first time in 17 months for the game against West Ham. Now, we get turned over that day quite comfortably, but I loved every minute of it because it was 17 months since the last time I'd stepped inside Celtic Park. Now, everybody that's been to a game this season will remember that feeling of when they got into the ground. And now there's people out there that are saying, do you know what? Yeah, it's it's about time we just went and played games behind closed doors again. It, It just doesn't make any sense at all. 
if there is a way to prevent this from happening, whether it be that we bring in the winter break a couple of days early, then surely it makes the, the most common sense. Yes, okay, maybe in three weeks' time, the situation won't be to the point of we won't get a full house. But if we get half a house, if we get three quarters of a house, whatever it is, anything more than... And it's not 500 fans, by the way, before anyone says this. It's They're 500 people in total. So you've got to include all your referees, your officials, your uh, your board members, all of that in that 500. If we can get it back to the levels that it was and slowly introduce it back up to a full house again, that's the way that we've got to go. There's no way, considering that there's no reimbursement for the club, that we should be accepting the fact that one week we're at 50,000 and the next week we've just got our doors closed once again. But Brian, uh, before I come to yourself, Patrick Dolan, the ball's burst, St Murren team is decimated, postpone tonight's game and bring the winter break forward. Clubs and all have a responsibility for public health for anyone to ignore this is clueless. I'd, I mean, when, when I look at what the SPFL have done to Dundee United and, and most St Murren, they didn't care. They, they have, they, 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 they're not showing a duty, duty of care to one of their member clubs. In my opinion, I think you're spot on. So, a bunch of stuff to unpack here. I won't take too long. Between Holyrood, Westminster, and the SPFL, we're living in a common sense vacuum. It's just, it, there's nothing there. The, the handling of the pandemic has been shambolic, um, both in a public service way and in terms of football. But I'll leave it at that because I, I could spend the next next 50 minutes get myself around up with the government I won't do it I won't bore everyone and um, if you do want to listen to that chat then we've got the state of politics with Declan McConville and state uh, of politics listen I would be in a state I've just got I've just got I've just got a message for Declan to say this is not the state of po- politics Kevin <laughs> 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 I'll keep my mouth shut now kids um, but in terms of the uh, Patrick's comment I think he's spot on about tonight's game the reason being if, if some men are decimated because of a COVID outbreak, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to travel to their ground and, and play them. Whether they've got a, a weakened squad, a full squad, well, it just it seems bizarre that we're saying we're going to we're going to have a, a, a break, we're going to restrict fans, but you don't need to worry about it today. COVID's going to affect you today, but in a couple of days' time, can I do it? it? It's silly to me. And in regards to the, the, the five hundred people thing, that's that's tokenism. And it's, it's a shambles, it's a weird gesture. I mean, that's less than 1% of the capacity of Parkhead. It, which was the point. It makes the complete sense to just extend. So the, the winter break is usually the 4th of January to the 20th, I believe. So just extend that a week and, and then bring it forward and then just keep it to the 20th of January and go again. It's only a week you're missing. And it gives everyone a chance to, to sort of reset what I would say though is, if we're going to have a break of football for a few weeks in terms of you know people's health and you know, organisation, they've got to do something while people are locked away. They can't just say like, lock away for a couple of weeks and then come back and this happens again. For the past eighteen months, we've been sort of locked away and then some restrictions and then no restrictions and it happens again. Nothing's changing behind the scenes, so there's got to be fundamental changes. But I say the last point on it is. It, it's a total common sense approach. Why any club would want to play in front of no fans is beyond me. And it doesn't matter if they've got a sporting advantage or not or whatever excuse they want to make. Or why on earth you would want to play your football in front of no fans or very little fans is baffling to me. SPFL have got to take the decision to bring this winter break forward. They've got to. It's insanity to not do it. Um so we'll just need to wait and see, but we'll, um, we'll maybe get back to talking about football and, and, and after politics, but I just think common sense is, is something that's been lacking for several years, um, but now it's the time to, to, to use it appropriately, surely. It should be, Colin, eh? the 500 figures, just a figure, I think Jason Leach, Airdrie fan Jason Leach was on Radio Scotland this morning and actually says that it was just basically like a figure that they came up with because they've got to draw a line somewhere. But it wouldn't have mattered the figure. It wouldn't have mattered if it was 10,500. The figure was never going to make sense because 
the, it doesn't make sense what they're actually asking us to do. As my friend Mark says to me yesterday, he says, it used to be that the NHS protected you, and now you need to actually protect the NHS. So, I mean, I, I never went to the cup final on, on Sunday. I had a ticket for the cup final and never went, basically because of this variant, and I had to, I had to make a decision. And I made my decision, I, and I was, I was happy with my decision. And I, but I've got, no, I've got no truck with anybody who went to the game, who made the decision to go to the game. They made a decision which was, which was comfortable with them. I've got no, no problem with that whatsoever. But when you get to this point, we just kind of keep on going on like this. And if this variant is as bad as what they've got to do, I'm calling for the SPFL to do the right thing. Call off the game tonight, call off the games at the weekend, and, and we reconvene in February. If it's what needs to be done, it's what needs to be done. I don't see why there's any second guessing this. I mean, we're only talking a matter of days here. Now, I see people saying, um, oh, it looks as if Celtic are running scared, it's an injury concern. What a load of nonsense. A complete load of nonsense. Celtic have played the last 13 games, winning 11 out of the last 13, picking up 31 out of 33 in the league with what has basically been a skeleton squad. Mm-hmm. We're starting to just slowly but surely get guys back together. Now, can you imagine if the same people that was making that same noise had a COVID outbreak themselves? How quick would they want the game to be called off? This is about common sense, and it's a lack of common sense that's been shown across the board. I mean, St Mirren having to play this game tonight with potentially only three first-team players available. The rest is all going to be guys made up from the academy. The academy which St Mirren actually scrapped themselves. So it's guys that don't play week in, week out. It's guys that they've had out there at lower league teams, uh, potentially even lowland league teams, and we're going to have to play them tonight, and then they're going to have to play... um, they're going to have to play again, uh, what is it, the 29th or something, or the, when they play Rangers. It's, it's ridiculous. Hibs had games called off for less. There's got to be a, a common sense approach taken here. And as Brian said earlier on, it's got to get to a stage where there's a precedent set that when something like this happens, we know which road we've got to go down. As, 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 I, I just think there's a duty of care here that's getting looked over. There's a duty, where's, where's the Players Association in this? Where's the Players Association going to the SPFL, Brian, and going, by the way, you're putting our members at risk here because you're asking them to play games coming into uh, stadiums which which have had an outbreak. So I do not get this. It just seems to be selfishness. As Colin rightly pointed out, there's a selfish nature of this. People, Some clubs going, we don't want the winter break brought forward because it suits us. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. We haven't got two home games in that period. Uh, we haven't got two, two home games in that period. So it just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me, Brian. No, you're spot on, and I think, um, you know, selfishness is a, a great word to use about it, and that can go far, you know, whether it's politicians, um, other clubs, or the SPFL or sales. As you say, duty of care is important, life's important, that's more important, especially this, this festive season, you know, and given everything everyone's been through, and of course you're going to be devastated to know where we go to the games and stuff, but we've got a winter break coming up anyway, just pull it forward. What's the difference? It doesn't make it's the fact there's even a discussion baffles me in itself. The fact there's even a, a question on it, it's just listen, let's hope the common sense prevails, but I'm not gonna hold my breath. As it stands though, Kev, the game is going ahead and I guess it's something that we do need to look forward to and we do have to get back onto the uh who we think will start the game tonight, yeah. 
We will do. We'll, we'll kind of wrap this up. Um, Joe Porter comes in. Where was the duty of care playing the cup final? No, that was that was the day with money. That was the day with fifty thousand fans in a stadium and the Scottish government no giving them any money to cancel it. And Danielle Farley comes in. Agree, Colin. What if Celtic players went to St Mirren, got COVID, and went home and gave it to their family? Now, that that, that is that is something Celtic have got to consider, Colin, ain't it? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Every team's got a duty of care for their own players, their own staff. And we saw how quick it was down south last week when games get called off. There was no question about it. It was just a simple, you've got how many out of an outbreak? Okay, we don't know how bad it's going to be. Let's just call it off and we'll reschedule it later on. Now we've got a chance to do that ahead of time to stop people potentially catching it. And we're going, nah, man, we'll just play behind closed doors. It'll be a laugh. Sky will give us money. Well, let's talk about Sky football. Let's talk about Sky Sports. And it's very obvious over the last 24 hours that Sky Sports are holding the Trump card in this. If Sky Sports says they do not want any money back, then these, then the winter, the winter break will get, will get moved a week forward. Eh? Sky's coverage, Brian, this season has been utterly atrocious of Scottish football. They've allowed a very unpersonal, uh, unprofessional guy to comment unchallenged on their programmes. It's almost as if they know they can't be bored because they're the only pony in town, ain't it? Aye, it's been the same for a while with their, their coverage. Like you saw gifts many a times, they even get the graphics wrong for teams that are playing. Their formations are very, very rarely right. And as you say, the funding questions are a shambles. Um, Although, given Craigans, some of his comments over the past couple of games in Ross County in the League Cup, um, you know, that pundit question is the only one. He's, so he, He's having an audition. Football's still been about fans and about players and about people. It's, it's about the money now. And the fact that, that Sky Alex Farouge McDuck just, just decided what to, to filter down and, and give and, and control it, it's, sadly, it's a, it's a situation that's not going to change anytime soon. Um, it'd be interesting to see I think the the Aberdeen chairman headed up that sort of independent inquiry to try and find more funding didn't he and they sort of put that to the to the, the SPFL so again it'd be interesting to see if anything comes for that they can sort of diversify income streams which is of course something they're going to have to do and, and maybe then things will change but for the for the present moment we're going to have to, to stick with it they are eh? I mean I think Stephen Cregan was having a live audition on Ross County TV and also Premier Sports at the weekend uh, for Sky Colin because he was that anti-Celtic. It was utterly unbelievable. There we have. We have got a game of football tonight at this precise moment in time and the Sky cameras are nowhere near it. We had a game of football last week, Colin, at Ross County. The Sky cameras uh, the Sky cameras were no near, nowhere near it. We had a game at Easter Road. One of the biggest games in the Scottish football calendar, one of the most attractive games in the Scottish football calendar. The Sky cameras were nowhere near it. Tell them to bolt, eh? Absolutely. <laughs> every every midweek card has not been covered. What they're covering tonight? They're covering the Carabao Cup down south. One game. What else have they got? They've got the World Darts Championships. Probably on another channel, they've got netball. On another channel, they're covering NBA basketball. They've got a channel dedicated to the NFL. Who's bringing in the biggest subscriber base? Scottish football outrates so many of these sports. Even the amount of money that they spent on the cricket, and I'm talking about BT Sports, spent on the cricket for the the current Ashes series. As an average Celtic game draws in 10 times the viewership of that. Tell me, what is what is the actual attraction to them? Is it the ad revenue that comes in? Is that why they don't show the games? See, if I was even picking a game for TV tonight, I still wouldn't pick the Celtic game, but I'd have a, Celtic, I'd have a Scottish football game on. Hibs are playing Aberdeen tonight. That is mm-hmm. a fantastic potential game of football. You look at a team, Hibs, first game with Sean Maloney in charge. Aberdeen, they're coming back into it under Stephen Glass. They've won the last three games in a row. That would be a fantastic game of football to watch. It's an, it's an interesting narrative. Eh? There's a good storyline there, isn't there? There's a massive storyline there, eh? Absolutely. And wh- wh- when are we going to find out about it? Oh, midnight tonight when they post the highlights. 
It is pathetic the way that they treat it. BT Sport don't even cover Scottish football and they still have a Scottish football show once a week. That That's the difference. A highlights programme on Sky Sports lasts 30 minutes with an interval. That programme that doesn't have any highlights at all is simply just Sutton, McCoyst and Daryl Curry talking about Scottish football lasts an hour. That's the difference. That is a dif- uh, that is a difference. Eh? I mean, Brian, Dave Cormack, the Aberdeen chairman, um, obviously American and American sports is seen as an entertainment, not just as a, as a support as, as a as a sport. And he's been talking about doubling, trebling the amount of money coming into Scottish football via TV deals over the next five years. Sky are not doing nothing to actually put themselves in the market for that. Eh? If Dave Cormack reckons that Scottish football can get that type of money. No, and as I say, any sort of any other avenue to increase the, the, the game in Scotland, the game in Scotland's profile is key. I mean, we're talking about Sky, BBC's coverage of the Scottish game isn't great either, let's be honest. I mean, the the, the sports scene is um, it was rubbish, isn't it? Three minutes of a game and in some some outrageous takes. So Scottish football, even within Scotland, isn't it? The TTW will be some of the broadcasters. So there's a lot need changing, um, and it's amazing it's took this long for and for this guy for the states to actually come in and try and you know galvanise it and get something. And I just hope that as I say, the other and um, income streams come in and it can improve because we've got. I think we got a good product. I think you know I, I'll say I live in England now. And, a lot of the, you know, football fans with arm, they prefer the low leagues in England because it's like proper football. And Scottish football is like that. I think Scottish football is, you know, it's, it's madness sometimes at times. It can be really funny. It can be, there's decent games, there's drama. And there's, there's a lot to market there. And it's, it's kind of different from a lot of other leagues. So we've got, we've got so much to to, to promote and to, to sell ourselves. And we just don't. And I, again, we come back to the SPFL and, and they're sort of, Negligence over the years to really be bothered. They seem to be quite content with whatever scrap Sky give. I don't really want to fight for it or, or challenge it. Um, so basically, it comes back. Basically, the whole point of the first 23 minutes is the SPFL are rotten. <laughs> here's, here, here's, the, here's the thing, Kev, right? So, on average, it's an £18 million a year contract that Scottish football's got for the TV rights from Sky. So it works out and it doesn't quite work out like this because it goes on a ascending, descending scale depending on where you finish in the league. But you're talking about 1.5 million per team if you average that out over the 12 teams. Now, I don't know how many people paid for the pay-per-view up at Dingwall last week, but if you take a look at it across the world, potentially could there have been anything up to 10,000 fans that bought that um, pay-per-view? I mean, potentially, when you look at it, they're charging £20 for that. Now, obviously, they'll have overheads and stuff like that, but that's 200 grand. Celtic could potentially be up there three times a season. Rangers could potentially be up there three times a season. You're talking about even fans like Hibs, Hearts, who won't all travel but will buy the pay-per-view. They must make about the same amount of money if they'd done it by pay-per-view than what they would offer Sky. So that tells you that if a team like that can make that sort of money, that's how massively we are underselling the game. Finn Fogel, I'm going to actually... Pick up on something that you actually said there, Colin. Finn Fogel comes in on YouTube. If only those had listened had listened to Barry Hearn ten years ago. I think it was. I think it wasn't it ten years ago. I think it was actually shorter than that. A couple uh, of years ago, eh? I think it was a couple of years ago. You're talking about pay per view. I noticed somebody the other day. I can't remember. It was a Twitter comment that I read where somebody says Amazon Prime would be a, a good candidate to put Scottish football on Amazon Prime. You look at what Barry Hearn's, Barry Hearn's done with the darts and also also with snooker. That they're on, they're on Sky. Well, the darts is on Sky basically. Sky pay a lot of money for the darts. The snooker is on ITV4 Eurosport. Uh, still on the BBC, still on the BBC and that. So they're still on massive platforms, probably bigger than Amazon Prime. Or are they bigger than Amazon Prime, Brian? As now as the fact that we've all got Amazon on, on our mobile devices, is that is is that something that Sky should be scared about? That we can go to these companies now. Now I don't know how personally you're going to sell you're going to sell Martindale Ball to to to, to subscribers. 
Uh, I mean, I don't understand that. I've seen a lot of rotten games at Celtic Park this season, and it's, it's guys like Robbie Nielsen, Martindale, and Graham Alexander have caused them to be absolutely rotten. But our sky just lazy. Our sky just getting lazy, and 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 are not giving credence to streaming sites like Amazon Prime, etc. They didn't see them as a fan. Again, I still think it comes back to what we're doing, um, the SFP or the SPFL or whoever organises it, because we need to be upselling these things. Like the three of us so far have upselled Scottish football more in the past couple of minutes, chatting to each other and chatting to the contributors than, than you know, the SPFL's done for, for the past several years. The thing about Amazon Prime, which is interesting, is so I've, I've got Amazon purely because of the free delivery, the actual content's not that great. But see, there's a game on. I'll watch it. So what you've got to see if you're on a platform and you don't want to see a, I don't know, a Southampton fan, right? And your game's no televised at all. You can't get to see it. But there's a, 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 a football game on. You probably watch it. You tune in. You get eyes on the product, whether it's you know the the main event or not. If there's football on, you probably watch it, right? If there's a game on, you watch it. You know, if Scunthorpe are playing. I don't know Brentford, well, no Brentford now, but whoever, Blackburn, you probably watch it, there's nothing else on. Scottish football could take that and, and open up that other market and get more eyes on the product. So there's other things we could be doing. I don't think it's going to be scared because, you know, money-wise, they've got so much money, they can sort of boss it and say, the fact that we're willing to bend over and let them, you know, take us and give us whatever they decide to give us, as opposed to fighting and saying, no, 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 we should get more. So good on guys like Dave McCormack, if he's got this... Um, sort of income plan um, because anything that brings income eyes and promotes Scottish football it, it is going to be a good thing and it's going to be better than what's been done recently See when you look at um, Amazon Prime they've recently just introduced Premier Sports as a potential subscription option right. so that if you've got Amazon Prime you can actually subscribe to Premier Sports as well and one of the biggest sporting events this year was the US Open the US Women's Open when Emma Raducanu won the, the US Open and all the attention that that got, Channel 4, Channel 4 themselves had to pay something in the region of £2 million to, Premier, eh, to, to Amazon Prime to show that game on Channel 4 because there was that much attention that people wanted to, to actually not have to pay the £8 but to watch it on free-to-air TV and Sky paid the money for it. Eh, sorry, Channel 4 paid the money for it. I guarantee you when it comes to the likes of if if uh, the SPFL were to start negotiating a deal with Premier Sports, or sorry, with Amazon Prime, then it would suddenly be a case of Sky going, well, actually, we'll pay an extra X amount to be able to show the games between Celtic and Rangers as well, because that's all they're interested in in Scottish football. If, if Scottish football didn't have Celtic and Rangers, there was no chance Sky would offer any sort of money for a, a TV deal. It's all about the big games. That's all they're interested in. And if Scottish football can kind of put that to the one side and just say, look, instead of doing that, we're just going to take the gamble on our own. We're going to go with someone like Amazon Prime. Then I think in the long term, they'll find the benefits of it. Scott Howe comes in and he agrees with you here, Colin. Seven quid a month. Would love Amazon to get the right the SPL rights. I've, I've, got, I've got a feeling that someday looking at Scottish football with new eyes, would actually would actually cart up the product, and if you went to Amazon Prime, you would get a load of extra creative programs. Whereas tonight, you could maybe have a game choice or something like that if you wanted to watch Aberdeen Hibs or the Celtic game. There'd be a game choice. There'd be a game choice. I just think the SPFL is lazy. I think they're absolutely lazy and having news that they actually look to promote the Scottish game, and and they're actually I mean, it's an entertainment, Brian, isn't it? We spend, even though there's an emotional attachment, hand on heart, the English Premier League's an entertainment to the millions and millions of people that watch it all over the world. And yes, your team is actually playing in certain games, but still, if you're watching Aberdeen Hubs, you would be watching Aberdeen Hubs tonight if Celtic weren't playing, for example, if it was getting shown anywhere. You're watching it to be entertained. And I think that's sometimes really, really forgotten by the SPFL and the people who run the football clubs. They're actually want, they're actually in the entertainment business. Uh, it's, again, it's about how it's presented and the, the sort of showmanship around it. And, and it's the bare minimum at the moment, isn't it? Um, 
So yeah, I, I think you're spot on. We need to just get a bit more, a bit more flair and a bit more sort of eyes in the product and, and try and, as you say, tart it up. Tart it up like three French ends. Announce acts on TV. <laughs> or that. I don't think anybody's going to subscribe to my jargon right enough, but we never know. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. No, no, Hey, we are going to be here this evening for the the pre-match, half-time and post-match, so we do actually do some some, uh, TV content. So, yes, Axon TV, we've got State of Mind TV as well. Let's talk about the game tonight, because at this precise moment, at two minutes past one, on a Wednesday afternoon, the game is still going ahead, and the manager and, and the players were getting prepared for this game. When I was thinking about the team uh, for tonight, uh, Colin, the two changes I was probably having a look at it were, were at fullback was Ralston and Scales coming in from the team that played at the cup final at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Would you be against that? Uh, no, probably wouldn't. Um, I think Ralston. Certainly has came on to a, a game over the last couple of weeks and Juranovic probably looks like someone that could be doing with a, a bit of a rest. Um, so I would say, yeah, Ralston to come in there. Obviously, you've got to remember Starfelt suspended for this game tonight, so we'll see the reintroduction most likely of Stephen Welsh at centre-half as well. Um, so maybe in that sense, uh, Angel maybe not go with the full kind of range of inexperienced options. He may stick with Greg Taylor for that or... Perhaps we'll see Juranovic on the left-hand side. I think, I know Welsh is obviously, um, I wouldn't say totally inexperienced to an extent, but when you're kind of looking at a guy that's still only made about 50 appearances for the club, you'd still want to have that wee bit of extra cover in there. That'll be probably the reason why you'll not go with someone like Scales who's maybe only making his fourth or fifth appearance. He'll probably just go with Greg Taylor. The reason I'm going for Scales is I think Greg Taylor is... Brian, I think Greg Taylor done well at the weekend. I think he's done well since he's came back in, but he's coming back from a long-term injury. And Scales last week uh, played really, really well until his lack of game time, basically for me, caught up with him in the second half and when he actually tired in the game. That's why I can see Scales getting a nod tonight for another 60, 70 minutes, then Greg Taylor coming on. Yeah, I think so, Last time I was on here, I spoke about us making changes and um, there were some mixed emotions around it, but I, I think it's been wise, especially when look at David Turnbull and what happened to him. You know, apparently that was fatigue that caused injury. So you've got to take that into account. I think it's time to, nice to freshen up the squad. Without any disrespect to St Mirren, they're decimated with injuries. This is, if you're ever going to, you know, chop change and rest some players, I know we've got to, you want to win the game, but this is the, the, the time to do it, I think. So I think Ralston Scales coming in is probably the right idea. Um, midfield, you're probably talking Roger Beaton McGregor and then what you do up front. So I don't imagine you're going to play Kyogo tonight. So is it Abada, Montgomery, Moffat up front? I think that would be enough. And, and that's a good enough team to beat St Mirren, especially if they play to St Mirren's side. And that's no arrogance in my part. I just think if you're at Celtic and you're a squad player and you can't step in and, and, and beat these teams and compete, you shouldn't be there. And uh, I, I, I suspect, you know, I don't, Kugel definitely won't play. Um, and I think he's a right about resting the fullbacks just because Taylor's coming back for injury and Juranovic, you know, could he be rest? Plus, Ralston, you know, you, you, there's no risk with him playing. You know, he's, he's, he's shown this season that whether he's first choice or he's coming on off the bench or he's back up, he can do a job, so I wouldn't have any issues with changing. I, I would say Saturday gives you a kind of 
an air of caution ahead of making changes. You, you took a look at what Dundee United managed to do at Ibrooks with a, a very depleted squad as well. And you just see that when um, youngsters get that chance, how much they can potentially step up there and uh, cause Celtic a bit of problems. So for, for me, I would be reluctant to make wholesale changes tonight. I think you've got to try and keep it as, as, um, as sort of synchronised as possible. Obviously, there'll be the, the change in the midfield um, with Turnbull coming off uh, injured at the weekend. I, I think Mikey Johnson will probably start tonight. Um, I don't think he had the best cup final, but I do think Ange is someone who believes in uh, Mikey Johnson. I think he, he sort of seen that at the end of the game on Sunday. He was one of the first ones over to him and was kind of congratulating him and telling him that he was doing well. I think we'll probably see him play. Uh, Kyogo, it would make sense for him to be on the bench tonight um, with a badder through the middle. It's just that kind of right-hand side. If you're going to make the, the sort of one sort of from the, the left field introduction for tonight's game, then I think it's worth giving Owen Moffat a, a shot tonight. I think in the sub-appearances that he's made so far, he's been fairly fairly decent. I thought he played well in the, the cup final when he came on. As you said, obviously it's going to be a slightly weaker St Mirren side tonight. But even if a full strength, if it was a full strength team, I would still be thinking, do you know what, this is maybe the game to give him 60 minutes just to see what he can do. As own Moff, it's an interesting one. So is Mikey Johnson, Brian. I think Mikey Johnson done a lot of good things on Sunday. And it was the first time I've seen him getting double teamed and managed to actually get into the box and commit men and go past men for 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 a number for a number of weeks, but he just never got his final ball. Eh? The final ball just wasn't there, and I, I'm beginning to worry about Mikey Johnson and the fact that he that final ball needs to come for his Celtic career to continue uh, longer term. And uh, it's interesting that Colin, what Colin actually says uh, that. At the final whistle, Ange Postacoglu was across and he looks like he, he, he believes in him and, and, and stuff like that. But I remember, and I'm, I'm not comparing these two players whatsoever, Brian. Look, Aidan McGeady was one of the most natural talents I had seen coming out of the Celtic Academy. And after his four or five seasons in the Celtic first team, I was saying he needs to leave Scottish football and go to a better standard of league to improve his final ball. He had a final ball at Celtic, but he just didn't get it right 50% of the time. I said, he needs to go to a better league for him to actually progress to where his talent should be, to, to see where his talent should be taking him. And I kind of see Mikey Johnson in a completely, uh, the same but different. Mikey Johnson has got to find his final ball at Celtic because I reckon he has got enough natural talent. If that final ball comes... He can be. He, he could actually be a decent player for us, but that needs to come. The final ball needs to needs to come. I don't. I don't think Aidan McGeady was the player that he should have been because that final ball never came. He can have all the talent in your wall in the world. He can be a baller. He can have. All, he can all, He can have all the tricks and flicks. If that final ball doesn't come, then you're, you're just you're just a show pony, ain't you? Yeah, I th- I've compared Mike Johnson to Gary mckay Stephen. although I remember when we signed mckay Stephen, I thought we'd a, a player, you know, he was really good at Dundee United and stuff, but we saw him become weak, you started to see that he didn't have that extra sort of final, would you say, final ball. I think Mikey Johnson's problem is always decision-making. You know, it's, it does so much right, and then it, it, it always falls. I, look, I'll defend any player that plays for Celtic and I'll always back them, but I don't know that yes, but it looks if he's he's and fancies him and he did I thought he had a decent game in the League Cup, uh, the League Cup final. But again, you start to wonder how long he gets before this final ball comes up. You know, he's <clears throat> I mean a bad gets a lot of grief and he's like nearly there's two years, three years younger than him. Mm-hmm. So there is a point where he go how long could be how long before this magical final ball appears? He's no longer a kid with loads of potential. He's a first-team player now. So if it's no here now, I do fear. Um, and, and, you know, your comparison to Aidan McGeady, that's, I think Mikey Johnson was considered the new Aidan McGeady for a while, wasn't he? That was the, the talk when he was sort of coming through. So your comparison is not wrong. Um, but yeah, again, yeah, I think at some point we have to say maybe he's, maybe he's not got the, 
maybe that, that feeling will we'll overcome. Well, let, let's have a, a let's put a different spin on it, Colin. You look at Kyogo. He had a natural instinct how to finish, how to finish in, in the cup final, and he's proved that he's got a natural instinct. Sometimes, can that instinct be coached? Can that final ball be coached into Mikey Johnson? Because there, are, there, there is a talent there. There is a natural talent there. But that final ball needs to come. I think it's uh, you've got to find the, the best from both. You've got to find the best from the coach and you've got to find the best from the uh, the player himself. Someone quite recently who we kept going on about their final ball time and time and time again was Jeremy Frimpong. Now, Jeremy Frimpong got the move over to Germany and watching him against us a couple of weeks back, you could see that that final ball was was there. He'd, he'd managed to get it. I've seen it time and time again watching the Bundesliga highlights. He's the one that's putting the right crosses in. So it's whether Mikey Johnson wants to be the guy who hits the byline and put the ball across or, as he did on Sunday, is he the guy that wanted to cut inside and take the shot on because when he broke into the team at first he was a guy that wanted to take players on and then get the shot off I've never really seen him as a guy that's going to hit the byline and put a good crossover and that's when you need someone to go run outside of him to put to play the ball over now currently he's playing on the, the left hand side so if we're talking about tonight's game then you're looking at someone like as you said earlier Brian Scales potentially being that guy I don't think he is the kind of overlapping fullback. What I've seen from Scales so far is he's a very, very natural inverted fullback. He'll find himself more towards the middle of the park. Could it be Greg Taylor? Greg Taylor is more of the overlapping fullback and he will put the crosses over. It just depends who he plays with. So if he's not playing with the right player and he doesn't suit the system, he needs to learn to adapt. And I don't think he's got that in him yet. I think he's he's obviously been someone who's been very unfortunate with injuries and I feel as if at times that's a sort of mental block to him so that when he did get doubled up on Sunday he wasn't overly confident about taking the, the guys on because he was scared about getting hurt and it is kind of understandable to an extent but if that's holding you back from reaching your potential then it's probably comes a point where you go this club's not for me Jerry D Brian Johnson still plays like a wee boy he's not maturing Maturing's a decent word here, eh? When we're describing Mikey Johnson, the football intelligence is no uh, doesn't seem to be maturing with Mikey Johnson, and he's maybe a bit behind where we would expect a player of his age to be because of the number of injuries that he's had. Yeah, and like the thing, I remember when James Forrest was there, and people say was he scoring enough goals, and, and Brendan Rodgers coached into him, and he started scoring goals, and, and you know really sort of stepped up. So I suppose. I suppose to kind of go back on point, maybe it can be coached, but as Colin said, I just don't know if he, he's got it. He, he doesn't have a, a, a huge identity as a player. Um, it always seems to sort of... I just think he can slow down the play at times because he always tries to... He never really darts by anyone. He always tries to kind of take them one, one at a time and sometimes you just need to be running to the corner. Sometimes you need to make space for people. And I, I don't know. I think if you've got a fit Jota in another left midfield, I don't think he plays... Is the reality? I, I, that, 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 aye, that is a clear reality, Brian. Eh? I mean, I think that was shown in the last couple of games that we've had without Jota that the replacements that we've actually got wide uh, don't don't replace what Jota can bring. No, with well, that, Jota can. He's so unpredictable. He can come inside and shoot. He can go inside and cross. He can do the flex. He can come inside and you know drop the ball and make space. Um, and the same with, same with Forrest and the other side as well. The drop in quality is huge between him and Abada. Um, I think Abada gets a bit more leeway because he's sort of beats in troughs. But, you know, for me, Mikey Johnson, I, ju- I just don't see him ever. It, it doesn't seem to me like a, like a, a game changer, someone's going to win you a game of football, someone that when you see him come off the bench, you go, right. When I see him come off the bench, I tend to think, oh, the bench is weak. And that's, that's kind of how... I see Mike Johnson, good player. We all count a good lad. Loves the club, but I don't. I don't see him really ever being the guy. And if you know that being the guy, what's the point of being there? For me, I think he's very much a, a confidence player. He's someone who rides on confidence. So see, if tonight he plays and 
he scores within the first 10 minutes or he sets someone up within the first 10 minutes. You're in for a great performance from Mikey Johnson. But I think once the first kind of couple get away from him, I think that's when his head starts to go down. It's very difficult to get it back up at that point. Uh, I think you've seen that sort of time and time again with Johnson. Is He's got undeniable talent, but when it's not going for Mikey Johnson, it, he, he just doesn't, it doesn't kind of contribute too much to the team when it's not going his way. We like to talk up some of our academy players on this programme. It's one of the things I'm very, very positive about. I always want to see guys coming for the academy and do well. And basically, basically, like, I would play Johnson tonight. I would play Johnson tonight, but I would, but I would be more in confident uh, Aidan uh, uh, Owen Moff. I was going to call him Aidan Moffat there. I was getting mixed up with Aidan McGeady there. I'm more in confident now of Owen Moffat coming on and actually offering us something because for me, Colin, over the last couple of de- games, he showed us football intelligence that you actually need in certain situations. Ross County, he had, after Juranovic's sh- shot has actually rebounded back to him, he had the, the calmness to play the ball to Callum McGregor when you, when he came on in the cup final as well. When we were under the cosh a wee bit in the, in the last couple of minutes, he went for that run up the park. Mm-hmm. And they knew just to run to the touchline and turn in, waste a bit of time. And for a guy who's playing B-team football against part-time guys in the Lowland League, I, I was highly impressed with that, I'm not going to lie. Definitely, and he's been a, a star for that team. Um, so far this season. Sorry to take, kind of change the, the topic here. I've just been sent some news that Scottish Premiership clubs have been asked to vote on whether the winter break should be introduced early. There's three options. Um, one is to continue as normal. One is to start the break after Boxing Day. Or the third one is to start the gate the break after Sunday's game. The teams have until 5pm today to put their expression of which they would rather uh, they want to do. So they have until five o'clock today to decide whether um, we should take the break early. So that's just breaking in the last uh, half hour or so. Can we um, ask live? On, can we ask live on this program that Dundee check their spam folder, please? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the SPFL that needs to check it. Dundee just need to make sure they're sending it to the right address. Um, it does say here that should. Option two be taken, a return to play would take place in the week beginning Monday the 17th of January and there would be midweek fixtures make, to make up for the postponement of the round of games. Uh, Dundee United have already voted to say that they were in favour of it. I think Celtic will be in favour of it as well. I think the majority of the top flight clubs will be in favour of it and also the majority of the championship clubs as well. Uh, some of the clubs lower down the league I mean, what, what we're actually talking about here is the clubs lower down the league, Brian they're part-time players so they've got to juggle a day job and playing football and they're, they're depending, on the, depending on their employment they're exposing themselves like possibly twice so what, what, what's your gut feeling? Is it, are we going to play on Boxing Day? I suspect we'll probably play on Boxing Day but uh, I think I think the vote gave her up on the the um, the break forward. Um, if any, if only just to avoid low league players exposing themselves, as you say, Kev, because Nathan needs to see that. Um, <laughs> but, um, but no, seriously, I, I think I think common sense quite prevails. The theme of the show, and um, yeah, option two seems a sensible one, doesn't it? I don't need to read the vote for it. I think we'll follow and. Um, I say there are probably two teams that for some reason won't, but I think it'll go to pass. And it makes sense. It's just, it just, it's, 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 it's the most obvious, simple solution. It's got to happen. Colin, Scottish <laughs> football, <laughs> didn't, the Scottish football didn't do any simple solutions, did it? <laughs> no, as soon as I heard Brian saying that, I was like, I, how long have you been watching Scottish football, mate? It's, the most <laughs> obvious solutions, we don't make them. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> um, no, look, I think I think when you look at it, it will be um, it'll probably be one of the two latter scenarios. I don't think we'll carry on into the new year. I do think we'll get one of the games, maybe um, maybe the Boxing Day game, and that'll be us. 
Um, because as far as I'm aware, is there no restrictions on Boxing Day? Is it no, the restrictions start on Boxing Day. Now, it's, it's difficult uh, to keep up with that because there's no home restrictions, there's no pub restrictions on those days, but there is at the football, it's difficult to uh, understand it, the rules. It's almost like they've not thought it through, Colin. It's almost like they don't know what they're doing. Oh. <laughs> it's almost like there's no common sense. <laughs> almost, oh man. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking from a St. Johnson point of view here. Eh? It's Boxing Day. Their hospitality would have been sold out. It would have been stowed. <laughs> they, they, mm. they were probably looking at one of their best hospitality like days of the year, and now that's just been completely kiboshed. So I would probably say St. Johnson wouldn't want that game to go ahead because it's probably not worth their while money-wise actually but, doing it. No, unless they call it as a wedding and they can have as many people at it as they want. Who, who knows? Like the rules are they're daft, but they've been implemented. And I think the way that Scottish football is adapting to it is the first sign that perhaps there is a bit of common sense in the game. Um, we'll wait and see how those those votes go. And as you say, just make sure your spam folder's clear. And uh, make, make sure they've got the email addresses right, they've got their contact list right, and they, and they double and triple check the address that they're going to send it to. JP comes in with other breaking news. Seems there's a fourth option that was a penalty <laughs> Rangers. Um, let's get back to Owen Moffat. Uh, Colin, I think he showed great football intelligence over, over the last couple of games, and I'm quite com- I'm quite happy for him to come on for the last half hour tonight if Mikey Johnson's not doing it, and well, for him to your, give us something. Who's your option on the right hand side if he doesn't play then? Well, I think Ange, I think Ange Postecoglou has looked at looks at a system, and even I think Abada worked against Ross County. Because he scored that he scored a perfect Ange type goal against Ross County, the the inverted fullback breaking into the box, cutting it back, and Abada's in the middle. So I, I think uh, on the right hand side, I think Juranovic plays on the right hand side, and Ralston go, Ralston goes to fullback. That's an interesting one. I, I, we were talking about this last week. I didn't think it worked overly well up in Dingwall. That's not to say that it wouldn't work tonight. Totally different game, totally different surface. Um, yeah, it's something that he could he could try again. I, do you know what? I, I'll be perfectly honest. I just see him starting Kyogo. I don't think he should, but I think he will. And I think you'll see Johnson, Kyogo and Abada as your front three. If it was me and I was picking the team, I wouldn't do that because I'd be putting Kyogo in as much bubble wrap as possible to make sure that he's okay, just in case these games do go ahead. But maybe by five o'clock we'll know. I uh, know, that's what I'm just ahead. laughing at. No, uh, Poster Coglo's got his team sheet. <laughs> he's got team A, he's got team team a. a and he's got team, team B. Um, and we'll see which team has to play depending on how the vote goes at five o'clock. Um, yeah, and I tell you what, tune into the state of Scottish football tonight on a state of mind at six o'clock, where we'll have the full reaction to that vote. Um, so definitely, instead of Clyde Super Scoreboard, get in here, go on a state of mind TV, and we'll listen to the lads dissect what the vote is. Um, I think you'll have a Hibs fan and an Aberdeen fan to dissect it. So maybe two different views there. It's, in, it's, a, it's a completely interesting week in the bizarre world of Scottish football. Uh, it's a bizarre wor- world of football. That we're, it's a bizarre world we're actually living in at, at, at this precise moment in time, R- really. Joe Hart, on last week, somebody gave some people, Brian, some people were saying that he was at fault for the goal, uh, Ross County's goal. Some people gave him a hard time for the the Hibs goal on Sunday. I think he was just as important to us as Kyogo on Sunday. The save from Nisbet and the save in the final minute and the in injury time of injury time. If if, if, if similarly that's a thing now, if it goes, if you're meant to play ninety six minutes, you're only meant to play ninety six minutes. No ninety six minutes, forty two seconds or anything like that. For me, Joe Hart. If you want him to do the good things, you're going to need to put on with him doing some things that you didn't agree with. And I think that's the, the trade-off that we're going to get for, for me for having a fabulous goalkeeper. I mean, he saves he saves it towards the end in the League Cup final were, were excellent. Um, Callaghan saves against Ross County as well. So he's, he's a, listen, he's a, a keeper that there's a, a mistake in him. I think there's a lot of, there's very few keepers in the world that don't have a mistake in them. Um 
But when he when he makes the big saves, they're really important. And again, it's the it's the sort of intangible stuff he gives. It's that confidence with the back four because they know if if you know like Starfield had a bit of a shocker, um, but he's got that confidence that um, he can't Vickers or heart to bail him out. Something like that happens. Same if you know. Carter Vickers makes a mistake or why the midfielders gives it away you've, you've got a confident competent keeper there and a guy that organises and he's 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 aggression as well he gets the players up he's a real leader on the park and these are things that you can't you know no amount of analysis tells you that so yeah he, he could do things better but it's not about the things it's like it's, McHugh got up front it's not about the chances he misses it's about the chances he takes and he keeps going and scores these goals so you can analyse the, the mistakes or the errors to your blue in the face, but you've got, I mean, I've had him in Barkas and goes with a good beat because he's got hologram hands, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So well, you look at what we've got and, and you have to you have to be happy with, with Joe Hart. I think his attitude's been top draw. Yeah, he's not the greatest keeper in the world, but in terms of his attitude, what he gives, and he has a good, he's, he's not as if he's a bad keeper. He's Colin, a good, he's, uh, you know, there's no doubt about that. See, Colin, see, see, Colin, he says after the cup final, he says, I'm not the best goalkeeper in the world, but I try my best. One thing I get with good Joe Hart is I know he'll make me a match winning save. Uh, he will. And, uh, to, to use his own words, he was decent on uh, on Sunday, that's for sure. Um, see, looking at it, it reminds me a lot of Fraser Foster's first spell up here. Um, and cue the, the famous joke that was made by Kevin Bridges at the, the Christmas night out when Celtic uh, done it. Uh, about how he didn't have to worry about getting any parcels in the post because he wouldn't come out to get them. Um, <laughs> that's that, that's the way that um, that at times you think Joe Hart is. He, he he wanted to be a wee bit more commanding when the ball's in the air. I do think he probably could have come out and got to the the ball before Hanlon gets his head on it on Sunday. But I mean, we're talking about a guy that's not played week in week out now for what. Three years, four years at least. He was a third choice goalkeeper at Spurs. He was well out of the scene at um, Man City. He even get dropped when he went to to Italy. The fact that he's still got that ability in him, um, and the fact that we've got a, a kind of solid goalkeeper tied up for the next couple of years, for me, I think he's only going to get better. You see the way that Craig Gordon was out of the game for eighteen months and came back and was a fantastic goalkeeper. The fact that Joe Hart barely played. And we know a goalkeeper can play on to the 38, to the 40. I think you'll see over the next year year or two, Joe Hart getting back to the way that he was the first time round at Man City. The reason why they won the leagues, the reason why he was voted European, uh, what was it, European Golden Glove Award winner, stuff like that. Giving him more time, week in and week out. Eventually, those mistakes, they'll get weeded out bit by bit. And you'll see why Joe Hart was a fantastic goalkeeper and why he got his 90-odd caps for England. I wouldn't be surprised in about 18 months' time if he wasn't considered to be back in amongst the England fold. Definitely, Brian. I, I agree wholly with that. I think he's been one of uh, he's been one of the most important signings we've had in a number of years. He has has been Joe Hart. I know, Colin. I know you need to go very very soon. Uh, so I just want to ask you before you go. I want to ask you three things on your Santa list that you want for Celtic. Three things on my Santa list for Celtic. First one, fans back in the grounds as soon as possible and as soon as safely possible. Um, the second one, I want uh, Andrew's shopping list to be completed by the 2nd of January. I want him to get the players that he wants in by then so that we've got time to feed them in. And the third one, I'm going to go with extending Tom Rogic's contract. He's Ooh. only got 18 months left on his deal. It runs out next summer. He'll only be 30. Give him another couple of years. He has rejuvenated his career at Celtic. Get that man a new contract. Brian, I'm maybe Colin will disappear. So thank you, Colin, if you're going to disappear at the moment. Um, I know that you need to go. Brian, what's your what's your three things on your Santa list for, for Celtic? Three things. So uh, first thing is getting the behind-the-scenes structure all fixed, getting that established and in, 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 in free-flowing. Um, second thing, getting a, a few transfers in early. It's Collins said, stealing Collins one. And um we would be a third one. Winning the conference league. The the, the there's a there's a, 
a present. That'd be a good boy this year. So Santa, if you're listening. Yeah, on it. Uh, that, that's a good one. A wee, a wee act some Wednesday act some day out to Albania. We'll get Deck on to sort it out with the president of Albania, and we'll get there and have 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 a great weekend. On my Santa list is a bigger standing section. I want. I would like to see behind the goals a whole standing section. No tickets any dearer than twenty pound, and certain members of the board to retire quietly. And disappear. Well, I hope Santa has everybody who is contributing to today's show on his Christmas nice list. Um, as always, it's been a pleasure bringing you a Celtic state of mind this year. I do have to go, as Kevin says, but if I don't see everyone in the comment section who's been commenting today, before then, I hope you all have a very safe and very Merry Christmas. Take care. Thank you. Everybody else, for me and Brian, I'm sure Brian's going to actually finger this, but a couple of days before Christmas, no matter your thoughts, do whatever you feel right is for you and your family. Um, oh, I hope you have a Merry Christmas and we'll maybe be back next week with some football to talk about. We might not have football to talk about. We don't actually know, but what we will have, we will have some con- content. So thank you very much for commenting all year. Absolutely all year. These have been utterly brilliant deals all year. The success of the channel is all down to the viewers, the commenters, the watchers, the people who like our videos, the people who promote us on social media, the people who buy the merchandise and, and, and stuff like that. Everything's been brilliant. We're like one big family. And sometimes we'll have our enemy thoughts, but that's what families actually do, eh? So for me and Brian, just want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and we'll, we'll we will see you next week when we'll maybe don't know what we're going to talk about, Brian, but we'll find something in the world of Celtic. Hail, hail, everybody, and good and stay safe. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>